2: Hello, hello, and welcome into the Seminole Rap Podcast here on the brand new Tomahawk Nation podcast channel. I'm your host, Brian Peller, and along with Max Scarpio and John Marchant this week. Uh, we've got some pretty cool Knowles in, the Pros, Knowles in the Pros talk on the podcast episode for you this week. Uh, NFL drafts, some NBA talk a little bit, not too much. Don't worry, it's mostly NFL draft focused. Uh, but it's a couple former FSU guys kind of pulling headlines and grabbing honors where they can. So lots to get through, but we do want to start with what I mentioned at the very top, that new Tomahawk Nation podcast channel. It's right here, wherever you found this episode, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, website, wherever you get your podcast. If you hear my voice, you're in the right place for all the FSU content you can handle. It's this new way we're trying to roll our creative efforts all into one to get you the best content we can. That means if you subscribe or follow this channel, which if you're not, do it now. You'll get this show, plus our Knowles News Now, which is basically just an audio version of the Knowles News article we put out every week. It's drop, I think, three times we're doing. Our basketball-dedicated podcast, the Florida State of Recruiting Three Stars podcast, the only FSU recruiting-specific podcast out there. That's a plug if you didn't know that. Uh, the Triple Option, we got the Film Breakdown, Series X and O's from those guys, Knowles Quality Analytics, looking at advanced insight on the football team, and, of course, us, the Seminole Rap, where we – I guess maybe a little more meandering than everyone else. So kind of wide ranging show covering whatever's top of mind for FSU athletics. And, you know, we'll likely do a lot of football talk, but I know Max, big hoops guy. I've got the jerseys hanging on the wall behind him. One day I'll, I'll let him go through all of why he has each one up there, but maybe not today. Uh, I'm a college baseball guy in general. So a postseason a few weeks out, we'll talk softball as well. I mean, soccer might find its way in the athletic department, alums, NIL, whatever might interest you. We'll try to talk about it. And hopefully every week we're sitting here with something or every other week that really brings it for you. And if you've ever got suggestions for topics, let us know. And, you know, we're all on Twitter. Uh, You can find me at Brian underscore Pellerin. Max is at Max Escarpio. No spaces or underscores there. And uh, John's the different one at Pupper State, at Pupper State, like a dog, Pupper State. Or just find the article on the site, whatever. You can hit us in the comments. Long way to go. Basically all to say, please subscribe, rate, review, five stars only. Be my friend. Thank you. But let's get to it, right? Okay. How was that? Fun? I know. Wasn't it
1: wonderful? It was good. Thank I, you. I had yeah. fun.
2: I subscribed automatically. I even got my grandma hooked in, I think.
1: How could, how could you not?
2: How could you not? Right. So, you know, let's get to it. NFL draft stuff just wrapped up on Saturday. We're recording this here on Sunday night. Um, I guess I'd call it maybe the big surprise for Florida State Nation. Only one guy drafted, Jermaine Johnson, He goes 26th overall, the rest of them all having to sign as undrafted free agents. I'll rattle those guys off in a little bit, Um, but we'll start with Jermaine and and John, I'll go to you first since you, you piped in here. Uh, Jermaine kind of, uh, I guess call it sliding a little bit from early mocks or or I don't want to call them, I guess, late mocks right before the draft actually happened towards the end of the first round, but maybe it feels like he got a good fit in New York anyway.
1: Yeah. I mean, I know some some people in all nation is going to be upset, you know, that he slid six or seven defensive ends went in front of him. You know, there was a lot of talk that he might go and toward the end of the top 10, you know, nine, 10, 12, something like that, you know, it's like only 26. And then plus on top of that, he goes to the jets who have been just, I mean, if we're going to be all honest, time her- franchise, yeah, horrific for the last 20, 30 years since I've been alive. Um, I mean, their most notable thing in the last 20 years has been the butt fumble fumble. um, with Mark Sanchez and all that kind of stuff. So, But, you know, the rumor that we had heard uh, was something about he didn't do well in interviews or he was about his brand, yada, yada, yada. I think a lot of times NFL teams look for something to criticize a player for or reason to drop them sometimes those reasons are absurd and ridiculous because that's how the NFL is um you have to remember it's run by good old boys club uh who are often traditionally if I can say this uh white and sometimes if you're not 100% football all the time I'm a robot ha 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 they'll drop you down for whatever so I think that the fact that he's um You know, maybe it's the point that he went to New York because they didn't care because New York is all about the the giant media presence and and promoting your brand and all the other stuff. So, you know, it could end up being a good fit. Um, He's an excellent run defender. I think that he is at least a solid pass rusher coming in for the NFL level. I don't think he'll get you 10 sacks, you know, a year right away, but he could develop into that type of player where you're getting double digit sacks most of the time or at least more than more than half. But he comes in as an NFL-ready run defender. I think he was maybe a little bit under-drafted. Um, maybe about 10 or 12 spots, I think, give or take. He's probably about, about where he should have been, in my opinion. But, you know, if you want to say he should have gone 20th, I, I think that's fair. Um, overall, though, I think Florida State and Norvell had a big, big win, getting him from Georgia, bringing him in. A lot of the culture change that came with him was priceless. You can't really put – any kind of value on that. Um, so I'm really happy for the kid. I think it's great for Florida state. Um, I'll, we'll get into it, but I think, you know, Florida state not having another pick besides him was kind of a, a little rough thing and unfortunate, but overall very, very happy for Jermaine Johnson. I think and expect he will do big things that I can't wait to watch him at the next level.
0: Yeah. I think he did pretty good too. I love the draft pick. I love that they got in there and got their guy. They also got Garrett Wilson, sauce Gardner. So I mean if you go to New York right now and I talked about it with my guys the other day that if you go to New York right now would you rather be drafted by the Jets or the Giants and the Jets are on an upward spiral right now so let's see what they're going to do we'll see what if all this that they're picking up is going to be good for them but a couple other things that we saw were right on paper where this is one of the deepest defensive end drafts we've seen in a while now plus Jermaine Johnson is a transfer He's a Juco prospect who's had to jump around the train. So he might've been, we're at FSU. He's seen as a fit and he was seen as they had him as a a player who had him at the position. And he, I don't know, he, he only succeeded there. So, I mean, I guess you can look at that. Another thing you can look at is his age. He's 23 years old. A lot of the other prospects were 21 and change or 22. So you can look at him being, 23 right there and saying he's a little older than the other prospects and you don't want to take him there
2: yeah and and i think that kind of what you mentioned on the transfer thing i mean these nfl teams say they do all the research in the world i mean i i don't really know but you know it could be as simple as like you said he gets to florida state and he's this older guy more mature at 23 but they asked his juco coach or you know his initial coach and they were like what happened and he was like oh you know he was a jerk and didn't care at all and Maybe that's just enough of a red flag to somebody that you know you end up taking the younger guy instead. I, I think that's a good point, Max. And you mentioned um, them kind of being on the upswing with uh, Zach Wilson and um, Garrett Wilson. they got Wilson to Wilson combo there. That uh, that was a receiver from Ohio State, obviously Zach Wilson, the quarterback from BYU last year. Um, and Sauce Gardner is, is a nice piece in the back end, but we're not a Jets podcast, so. But yeah, I mean that's a that's a good team to go to. in, in reality, I mean, and and everything I've seen from the Jets um I guess media uh, our our SB Nation I don't know, I don't know call them sister stations sister sites whatever our, our comrades up there they really like to fit in, in a Sala style defense I and mean, we saw it work really well at in, in San Francisco and it, it seems like that's somewhere where he can succeed
0: if you look at the other teams you look at the Texans you look at the Giants Jaguars I mean that's a team that in the Jets that he can fit right there and he can have playing time in maybe a year or two he can be a, a nice position and a, a player there so we'll see what it does for him and I, I think he'll, he'll be in a good position to play a lot I don't know if it's next season or maybe the season after that sure yeah I mean I think it's definitely a spot and and
2: the video I don't know if you uh, if you've seen, if you haven't seen it I'll uh, I'll hyperlink it or, or whatever I got to do to put it in the article for this one but the video of, of uh I don't know if it was the assistant GM or, or the, maybe the D-line coach or whatever but when he finished his his uh interview with the jets he told them come get me you know and, and you know they said yeah we did we came and got you so they're excited to have him and it seems like JJ is excited to be heading up to new york city so that's great all around for him obviously a little bit later than you can hope but hey it's a first round draft pick and then you know a lot of schools don't get that there's only 32 of them um as we mentioned though only the only guy that did get drafted so i want to play a little game of uh who, who do you like um Overall, so far, we, I think we've got six undrafted free agents from Florida State signed. I'll, I'll put them all out there, and we'll each kind of say which one we think maybe might be someone to keep an eye on who might stick in camp, or, or, or maybe you just like to fit with the team, whatever it might be. Uh, so overall, it's running back, Jay Sean Corbin, heading to the Giants. Wide receiver, Andrew Parchment, going to the Panthers. Uh, Keir Thomas, JJ's uh, counterpart there on the D-line, going to the Rams. Uh, versatile O-lineman, Devontae Love-Taylor, heading to the Bucks here in Tampa. Uh, tight end Jordan Wilson going to the Bengals and linebacker Emmett Rice going to the Giants. I started with John. Uh, so we'll go to Max. Max, do you feel comfortable going first here? Or you want to kick it
0: over to John? Yeah, I mean, Keir Thomas, he's going to learn from one of the all-time greats in Aaron Donald. So he's in a good position there. Jason Corbin, Corbin, I mean, I think he has really good, he's fluid. He knows how to, he knows how to stop. He has patience with the ball. So him behind Barkley, I think he'll learn there. Although he needs to gain some weight, I guess. And Devonte Love Taylor, who's played a couple positions in college, and if his if his coaches in Tampa Bay can can coach him up and have him at one position, looks like he'll be able to have a good a good um, maybe just short career there or whatever it is.
2: At worst, he'll get yelled at by Brady enough. You know, I know John, that's your team, right? You're a Bucks guy.
1: Yeah, uh, through and through, man. Um, yeah, I mean, hopefully Love Taylor can kind of be a you know that swing guy. Uh, I know Bruce Arians and Harold Goodwin are always looking for that type of versatility, especially out of backups, you know, you have to be able to play guard tackle um, any NFL as a backup in order to stick to a spot. But the guy, I think I'm, i most, I think it has the best chance would be Jay Sean Corbin um, with the giants. You know, Barkley's had a lot of injury issues. Running back is one of those positions where it's a lot easier to get on the field. Um, One by, because the position itself now has become more like by committee um, it's been more of a rotational, you know, some of these teams like the giants will draft a guy in the first. um, But really you see the position over the last 10 years has kind of changed where you always have a group of guys and they're more or less interchangeable. Um, Obviously those first round guys give you additional value, but overall, you know, it's easier to see the field. It's the most injured position in the NFL. So he'll get opportunities. I think that the, he may be able to show some stuff. Um, But I, Looking at the big picture here, I just want to point out, you know, Jermaine Johnson, as as mentioned, was a transfer. So if we're being honest, you know, uh, you know, excluding the transfer portal, Florida State would have had nobody drafted this year, right? Um, you, you know, you go back to Tamar and Terry and Marvin Wilson, and that draft was a, kind of the last of the um, Jimbo Fisher guys. I, the point I want to make, though, is that this roster did not have any talent when Norvell came in. And we've seen that going back to these drafts where the only guys that are being drafted are transfers that Norvell has brought in. Um, The only ones signing, signing uh, any kind of professional deals, whether it's free agent deals as an unrestricted free agent or being drafted are all Norvell transfers pretty much. Right. So the the point I want to make is this, this four state team, did not have any talent when, when Norvell took over. And I think a lot of people have forgotten that. Um, the, you know, Willie did some good things. He, he improved the offensive line, but he took over a team who the biggest issue was the offensive line. And then he cratered the rest of the roster. And he, you know, there was a lack of development from the Jimbo Fisher guys. A lot of them left 30 for the NFL. And then after that, there's just nothing. Nor, You know, Willie didn't bring anyone else after that. So you're looking at this kind of um dearth it's this empty cupboard of of talent and it's showing in the draft you know um I know some of the you know Miami didn't have a whole lot of guys drafted for anyone I can't remember but it's just a, it's an issue that I, I wish people would pay attention to seeing that Norvell has started he inherited nothing and he's trying John, to you work don't have his way back to uh, no, some you know scotty Barnes is amazing letter hamilton but it's is. not you goat. know there's one thing with the he transfer the whole thing. not as great as and, and let's go Noles. getting a guy in developing okay. developing yeah him well for I'll I'll five talk years talk about and then setting right him on to the nfl so <laughs> he's doing the best he can with what he's got um obviously he's made his own mistakes but i think it's important to understand exactly what the situation that norvell walked into and what he's dealing with and the kind of development that we are seeing underneath him but it takes time to See the players that he brought in start to kind of blossom into guys that might get drafted. So I, I just think that's worth noting.
2: Yeah, I just looked it up, and I, I feel like Max, maybe you did too. The uh, one Miami guy, do you know who it is? Anybody, Max? Did, did you did you Google it? No, John. You want to you want to wager a guess? Any ideas? Anybody stands out? It's not the quarterback. He's still there.
1: It's. I um, honestly have no idea. Linebacker, maybe defensive tackle, Jonathan Ford,
2: going two thirty four overall. Of the Packers. So oh, there you go. Yeah, rough. rough Rough uh rough talent pool somehow for all the Florida schools. Does it's
1: yeah, I mean it's yeah, <laughs> hey, it's not like it was, you know, a lot of Clemson, Alabama, LSU, Ohio State, they're all going to Florida and picking who they want. So that's a problem, yeah. it's gotta be addressed. But
0: and if I can give a couple of stats here, uh, since 1976, Florida State has had four separate drafts with only one draft pick, and two of them have been 2020 and 2022. Well, there you go. So it, it's not looking good right now. And also, the ACC had the the least amount of drafted players in the Power Five with twenty one.
1: Georgia have more than that by themselves.
0: Felt like Georgia, it, like 15,
1: <laughs> 15 at least. Well, and here's the other thing that pisses me off. Can I can I say this? Is yeah, that, it pisses you, know, you off. At least go for it. I I don't know. Remember what round it was? Sixth round, I think we we're in. And I saw the. I didn't watch the entire draft. I well, just who know. Does? I think it. Well, yeah. I mean, I used to, but you know. Um, <laughs> I think it was about the sixth round. They threw up a graphic on ESPN saying Georgia had 15 players drafted, and the Bucks took the punter. Are you kidding me? Come on,
2: <laughs> come on! You, you wanted anybody else? That's how my friends and I all reacted when uh, I'm, I'm a New Orleans guy. So when they uh, when the Saints took um, a safety out of Tennessee, his name escapes me, but with Kobe Dean sitting there, we were like, "Oh, come on!" Yeah. He's the the soul of that Georgia defense or picking the Tennessee. But it's fine. I mean, whatever. The Kobe's range
1: is ridiculous. Fun, fun, fun stuff. The
2: panic button there, I guess they were saying he was supposed to have a shoulder surgery and didn't get it.
1: Yeah, and I guess the shoulders messed up, but he's also sub six foot. So I guess his range, well, not his range, but his, um, you know, how he might impact passing lanes was probably not what a lot of teams were looking for. But his range is, like, extraterrestrial. So, I, I mean, he's a fun, fun player. Who who knows, though? You know, the draft is a lottery. I just um, – why would you take a punter?
2: <laughs> and you one. didn't even take punt god. What is it, Matt Arise? Is that it, Arise? Yeah, Arise,
1: Arisa, last... Arisa, whatever Areza? his name is. You take someone else. And I'm not – saying I thought Kamado was a good punter for Georgia. I just – you don't draft punters and kickers. You just don't. There's too much variance between year to year. That's just, you don't need to. And the other thing two is the draft is only four rounds long. You can take, who cares? You can throw away a fifth, sixth, or seventh round pick on a specialist, like a punter or kicker. Even though I think you don't even need to draft them in the first place. But if you're going to, the draft is only four rounds long. You take them in one of those other rounds, but you take them in the fourth. I don't, I don't understand. Uh, it's something that Light has always done since he was a GM of the Bucks. Obviously with Matt, um, roberto Aquaio. and bring up horrible memories there i'm just uh i guess i'm going through it that's all i can say (laughs) you need a minute that's okay i need several (laughs) i i actually just tried to look
2: up to see how many guys actually were from from florida that ended up getting drafted early i should have done that research beforehand but i did so that's on me how many Uh, i don't know I'm I'm trying to see like guys from the state of florida oh who ended up getting drafted in the first round or, or, you know, cause we just talked about how none of them were from, you know, FSU or Miami. I, I here's one Evan Neal from Alabama, Alabama offensive tackle. We thought would probably go first overall.
1: A lot of guys from f- Florida that Florida state could have gotten, but didn't. So
2: yeah. Right. It's one of those things you don't recruit, then you don't get to
0: see a guy get drafted. Wasn't another one Charles Cross, who I'm pretty sure had decommitted or flipped or something like that. Yep. Mississippi State. Yep. You're right.
2: Yeah, that uh, that's it. You don't pull guys in, you don't get to celebrate draft weekend, and you end up like John sitting around upset. Cross was originally from Mississippi, but yeah, point point still stands.
1: So anyway, I think you know, like I said, to go back to the the point, I, I think it's. Worth noting that when Norvell took over, the cupboard was bare. Uh, the results of the draft show that they reflect that. Um, ever since, again, though, those late Jimbo draft classes uh, kind of left early. A lot of them did. They left early. After that, there really wasn't much there. Um, and Willie Taggart's recruiting was pretty horrific. Norvell takes over. You have two transition classes um, and no other NFL talent. And you see kind of what we're seeing. So, you know, he's had to recruit out of the portal to try to make up the difference. Um, and again, you know, Devontae Love-Taylor, Jay Sean Corbin, Jermaine Johnson, all that kind of stuff. I, I guess my point is too, it's kind of unfortunate. I, I It makes me wonder if I'm going to push this conversation ahead a little bit, whether or not, you know, we're going to be talking about the guy after Norvell, you know, they got to follow him because it feels like Norvell didn't really quite get the chance that maybe he, he kind of deserved although he's made his own mistakes um I, you know I, I don't know i guess i'm just i'm concerned well well let me toss this one at you john because and it was something
2: you you wanted to bring up um last week which i ended up being out of town so we didn't get it together i went to the pelicans game if anyone's curious that's what i ended up doing to go and get drunk instead of doing this so i apologize um and shame, we'll get, shame, we'll, shame. i know we'll get back to my undrafted free agent list in a bit but the the And we talked about it the week before with MIMS and, and when they didn't end up landing the MIMS the transfer, you were concerned. Does the narrative become Norvell can't land the big one. And and I think it's maybe a little unfair for this one, um, but you can see the path to where that conversation exists.
1: Right. Like, I feel like the sample smalls too. It's not big enough to say, Oh yes, this is definitely a problem. At the same time, you can say, I mean, yeah, it kind of is a problem you have. Mims happened right on the heels of Travis Hunter. And again, he walked into a situation where there isn't any talent. He had to hit the portal. And I've said before on this pod many, many times that I feel like the transfer portal is very similar to the NFL's uh, free agency, where it is almost like a, uh, a lottery, just like the NFL draft. So you, you know, some, some kids are going to work out some kids just aren't. And that's the situation that, that Norvell has had to deal with where, you know, I don't, I'm not going to get four years to just draft, you know, uh, recruit my own kids and develop them and all the other stuff. I have to go to the portal and try to, you know, basically um, process out all these kids that Norvell brought in that are, their sophomores and and juniors and freshmen who really can't play at this level or the level that Ford State wants to play at. And you have to, you know, get all these kids out of the portal, but you're only going to get one to two years out of them. So and then they're leaving, and then, and then what's left after that are behind that. So it's just a tough situation. I Again, I just want people to understand, you know, keep in mind exactly what the issue here is. We could end up talking two or three years from now, or even after the end of next season, about the guy after Norvell to follow Norvell. But we can also understand and acknowledge that, you know, maybe it was just a really bad hand that he got dealt, and it was just kind of an impossible situation, I think.
2: And, and I know we're 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 down a rabbit hole here for for a second on the draft talk, but but uh, I do think you brought up an interesting one. And, and Max, I'm just curious from being around kind of the Mims situation. I think this one maybe um, I think it's a little different um, than just your average kind of transfer guy. And I, I you know just kind of reading it, I don't think losing a guy back to where he already was that is an elite power five
0: program is really the same as like, if he had gone to Miami. I mean, losing Mims in my opinion, wasn't because I I think that a lot of the things had to do with off the field issues. So I, I, I'm not going to blame that one on Norvo. and I I don't, I don't have that against Norvo right now. So like we said before, we need to see more from him and we need to see if, if something else does happen, but losing Mims right now, I don't, I'm not going to blame that against Norvo, to be honest.
2: Yeah. And I, and I totally agree with that. I just, it's, like you said, it's just something where it's like was, I don't think it fits. A- Go ahead.
0: Yeah, that was just a misfortune that you just couldn't handle, and I'm pretty sure they right. did everything possible. They were there for three days. They had the they had Alex Atkins, they had Norvo, they had Haggins, had Corey Fuller with him all the time. He had lunch, he had dinner with Jordan Travis. Like they just threw all the the tools at him, and it's just something that they couldn't deal with at the yes. end.
2: Yeah, and and I think I think that's the point, right? It, it's it's hard to put this type of thing at their feet and be like, well, well you got to do more. I mean, they really did everything they could, and as you mentioned, some some off field things ended up getting in the way. And you know, kid goes back to where he was. And and at the end of the day, is it does it hurt to not have that type of talent on the on the team? Sure, but I, I don't think when you look at it, you can pin it specifically be like, look, we're having a real problem here. So, I, but, I, but it was just one of those interesting topics that we had talked about first privately, and I saw the window. So uh, maybe not to excuse, but explain what really happened, I guess, on the way things kind of unfolded.
0: Yeah, I mean, just like you said, too, we lost them to Georgia. We've lost players to Bama and Georgia. Right now we've lost, like, we lost Marvin Jones Jr., who was supposed to be an FSU product to Georgia. So we're going against the big dogs right now that we can't really, that we're climbing up the chart to go against them. So, I mean, if we lose players to, I'm not going to talk about the Travis Hunter, but Jackson if we change, state. Oh yeah. <laughs> if we lose players to these smaller schools. then yeah, we can start to get worried aside from Travis Hunter. But right now I don't think there's too much to worry about in Norvo because I think they're throwing out all the, all they can do right now.
2: Yeah. And it, and it does seem like they're, they're very clearly maximizing the talent they have. I mean, one guy drafted as we've talked about shows that, they're really especially in those upper classmen levels they' just there's just not the the talent you really need to compete. I will I will go with John and say that I think Corbin um, is a guy who stands out and obviously Keir Thomas. I mean, you don't really we know Keir Thomas is good and you don't really have to be that good to look good next to Aaron Donald. I mean, it's just that's a it's a great situation for him to land. That's true. Yeah, I mean, if he takes up double teams and still gets through them and they got to pull a running back to help Chip, all you got to do is beat your one guy once a game, and then you look like, you know, you beat him once a game 10 times, and then you got 10 sacks. And you're like, well, how the hell did that happen?
0: Yeah, and if I can say, we still have three more players who may get signed and may get signed to a minicamp deal or an NFL roster or whatever it is, which is Miko Dotson, um, Deacon Lynn Brooks, and Mackenzie Milton. So we'll see what happens with them, too. One player I'd like to say from there is Miko Dotson, who I believe is the best out of those three and can, can do some damage maybe in a mini camp. So we'll see what he does. Yeah. Again, we're taping this 7:30 on Sunday night. You guys are probably listening to it
2: on Monday. So um, that news might already be out. If you know, go ahead and check our undrafted free agent tracker, tomahawknation.com. It, it will be on there if it's already happened. And if it's not um, it probably hasn't, but we'll keep it updated for you. So that way, you know, what's coming down the pipe i do want to take the quick step aside to uh from the the football pros over to the basketball pros and give a hats off to scotty barnes who who nabbed the nba's rookie of the year award really strong season from him uh became a huge part of the raptors rotation up there in toronto 15 points a game and really found a way to contribute kind of all over the board max i know the basketball is kind of your thing so i'll, I'll flip it to you man
0: I mean, just an all-around player, averaged fifteen and a half points, seven and change rebounds, and a couple assists. After the All-Star game, after All-Star break, he stepped his foot on the gas, put it in, and I mean, he was going against Cade Cunningham, who I think was overrated this season. He had a couple up and down games, and and he wasn't playing for a playoff team. Also going against Evan Mobley, really tight race there. But he's an all-around player that can guard every position, and he was a really nice competitor on a playoff team right now. So. I think hats off to him and congratulations to Scotty. Yeah. And you know, if you, if you're an NBA guy,
2: like, like, uh, like myself, I mean, I was watching the Raptors series and when he wasn't out there for games two and three, it really showed, I mean, the ability to just cover across the floor. I mean, they got, they, they just missed him. It was abundantly clear. And he made a difference in four and five. Obviously they got knocked out by the Sixers in six, but it, it just shows you lose a guy who's that important to their rotation, who can do so many things. Um, you know, hats off to Scotty, a great season, and hopefully there's a lot more to come as he grows in the NBA. Before we say go- goodbye, though, I do want to take a quick second. Uh, I'm going to force Max to do this awkwardly in the last couple minutes we've got. Max, turn around and go, go through your your jerseys on the wall. <laughs> take me, take me through at least the four on the left. Why are they there? Where'd you get them? The quick I, thing. You got a couple minutes. Take it.
0: There, there's, there's no reason for them being there. It's just, they're the coolest ones that I have. So, okay. So you
2: don't look at yourself as a point guard Cause I'm looking at John wall wizards. I've got Michael Jordan, which I assume that's a tune squad Jersey. I've got Vince Carter for the Raptors. Kyrie's two in, in the Cavaliers. It's a red. It's the, uh, I don't really know. They burgundy. That's the red one. You got a Steph. We got a T-Mac. Is that a Raptors T-Mac? It sure yeah. is. And then we got D wade and it looks like maybe one slipped off the wall over here. Yeah,
0: Steve Nash slipped off. So. Steve Nash.
2: Okay, so if you're curious, Max absolutely looks at himself as point guard. We got to get him a Chris Paul one up there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have one too, so we'll, I'll put it up.
2: There it is. We'll we'll rotate the Chris Paul one in there. Um,
1: yeah.
2: yeah. So Max will be our official basketball guy. I know he's a big he's a big hooper. You hoop all the time?
0: I used to play basketball in high school and then I got injured, so. Oh. I, uh, yeah.
2: Well, he is our point God. So if we ever run three on three is out of the rack, um, Max is running point for us. So, uh, appreciate you guys listening. Once again, like I said, uh, stay tuned on, across the, um, the whole Tomahawk nation channel here that we are bringing to you There's a whole lot of stuff. It's, it's we don't expect you to listen to all of it. Pick and choose what you want. Find your, find your spots and listen to it. I'd recommend taking a listen to the Knowles news now, Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays. And I'm not just saying that cause I'm about to take that, uh, Audio for you for tomorrow morning, or today, I guess you're probably listening to it. But uh, I appreciate you guys listening. Stay tuned. Find what you like. Find what you don't like. Give us reviews. Let us know what you want to hear about, what you're interested in. And we'll try and bring it to you. So for Brian, John, and Max, that's a wrap. John, you don't have anything basketball, do you?
1: Uh, no. Scotty Barnes is amazing. Leonard Hamilton is the GOAT. He belongs in the Hall of Fame, and let's go, Knowles. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll tell. I'll just tell Perry to cut that right there. <laughs>